think the thing that helps is that you motivate yourself for a goal. I would also say that that's how monopolies are made. Side quest accepted. I think that people, when they look at game making, they think it's fun, they think it's exciting. I don't think they think about the turnaround, right? They think they can get in there and make a game really quick, push it out, and then they can hopefully get some success. But when you actually get into the industry and you start making games, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of pressure, it takes time, and it really takes a toll on developers as a whole, right? And I think that a lot of people overlook that. Yeah, it is stressful, and I think most new game devs underestimate the amount of work they have to put into their project because they want to make it a perfect game. Well, then they use the first engine and just start coding something and it's a long road mm -hmm. in the end and then this kind of gets into your head that you don't work enough or that your dreams will never come to the fruition and this yeah. is up inside i know myself and many other game devs that have like this problem and had to cancel the game or postpone it you had mentioned you wanted to talk about your adhd and how that impacts uh, yeah. your game development yeah. so kind of walk me through that one really quick it's a bit of a curse in a way and also a struggle because most people say hey you don't have it anymore because you're an adult but it's, it's the opposite because I'm an adult, I have to hide it. So when I talk with those uh, businessmen trying to get a deal for publishing, I have to pretend I'm the most normal person on the world. I have to force my brain to not shut down and mm. think about something else. Yeah. For example, if I have to do something that I don't want to do because it's boring, yeah. like writing long texts or figure out how to implement a specific system that takes several days. Yeah, it's just like there's like this wall inside my head. Like yeah. the, I don't even want to procrastinate because it makes me feel guilty. So I just do, don't do anything. I just sit there and chat with my employee talking about what he's doing trying to figure out his problems because that's easier to solve usually I just have to fight it and mm -hmm. sometimes there's like this positive side which is hyperfixation if I really want to finish something then it's just a right to wave and do it mm -hmm. for example today even though I should not be working on Saturdays and I was like making a conversation with like 65 text boxes and make sure that the characters already have the speech portrays and stuff done I think the thing that helps is that you motivate yourself for a goal for each thingy you develop it was not easy for me to push myself to continue working on it until it's actually working i see a lot of games going to early early access like for years nowadays yeah it's half the indie games do and it's an interesting approach i would say as opposed it's to full not, release yeah it's not a bad thing for example one game i really love which is an early access for quite some time now is cosmotier and it feels really polished for what it is already despite still only having half the content they want to have for the final version Mm -hmm. yeah, it just helps developers who are mm. rather small to, to get feedback from the players and to yeah. see what works, what not. And plus you get revenue while you're in early access. So you can continue yeah, yeah. you continue scaling because of that as well. So there are there are positives, but at the same time, I just, I always see early access games and I'm like, well, how long has it been early access? And it's been in for like two years. And I'm like, well, at this point, isn't it just a full release it by now? Like, why are we still calling it early access? And I know it's a strategy. And I know, like you said, you add in patches and updates and all that stuff but it's a distinctly different approach than AAA, I would say, or even AA, because usually they go full-scale launches. Granted, a lot of those AAA games, they launch with massive you know, patches needed and things are broken and all kinds of stuff. So how do you maneuver this game with localization in mind? being as text heavy as it is in the end it's just like okay every sentence every word mm -hmm. is like stored in a google sheet and there's like multiple rows for english and then there's german and then there's french
range mm, I see. already reserved. The game has like an integer for a certain language value. Okay, this is zero, mm. it means it's English, one is German. And then the game, like each object, like for example, in the menu, let's say title screen. Okay, not title screen, but for example, uh, something like, what do you want to ask this person? Oh, like a prompt like screen, a I specific see. ID. Yeah, yeah. This ID is like question underscore mm. menu. And then, okay, yeah, it automatically checks and takes the right language. This was something I planned like from the very start. But we also have some, because the game has like this German-Bavarian tone to it, mm. the, with some characters, with mostly the antagonists, but also the overall setting. Yeah. We make sure that those already fits with other languages. For example, when they're reading a certain book title, that the, that it's already translated. Uh, the Wordertale is a great game to play together with someone alone. As in, mm, I see. two people, one screen, and try to solve the murder together. Mm -hmm. Because there were many couples and friends that were just like staring and trying to figure out what to ask. And good thing I brought more seats. <laughs> <laughs> Where they team it up, they're trying to figure out the answers together while exactly. one person plays. I get it. Okay. See, that's what makes events fun, though. That's what makes them important. Because then you see how people are playing the games, right? And then you're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And that's exciting. And then maybe we could do this as we're like building it out further down the road. What about level design, though, right? You're looking top down view at this game for the most part from what I've seen outside of the cuts where you have like your kind of visual novel-esque style. So when you're building a map out with that in mind, I guess it's not a map, it's more of a specific level. But when you're building that out, what's the challenge there? Especially when you're putting it on Switch and PC. So smaller screen than bigger screen. Yeah, screen-wise, I mean, the biggest issue is text readability, of course. I think the bigger problem was actually Steam Deck because it has a slightly different uh, resolution size. Interesting. Or resolution aspect. So I had like to add in box around the actual rendering area to make sure that nothing unwanted gets displayed. You're it's big. not the best solution, but it's the one I had to use for now. When you port games though, right? Because you port them yourself, correct? Uh, yes. So walk me through that process. I had the luxury to already have worked on a Wii U game. So mm -hmm. I was already in contact with Nintendo and when I got access to the with the internal systems to make mm -hmm. the game for a Nintendo Switch, we're using like a specific Unity version and it's easy to just toggle Switch and PC. It takes like five minutes to apply the changes but still it's mm. very comfortable because yeah besides the the save system that, yeah. that's giving me the most edges and the input system the game works one on one to the same yeah, when deciding for example the menus how to navigate for them always make sure that it's working with each possible combination which means with the mouse with keyboard or gamepad mm -hmm. so all of those things already like when I design a menu I already make sure that those things work would you ever make this uh, game for mobile would you ever port it to that I feel like the phone should not be used for gaming. I just feel like you have your Game Boys for that, or your Nintendo Switch for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about I throw in a question? Throw, throw it at me. Unity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a big question. It's a, a big question. It's a word. <laughs> Did you see but, that they changed all their uh, policies, though? They switched them out. So now you've got royalties. The damage is done. It's, you know, I don't know. They they made all the people angry. They did. I saw so many. I saw so many statements on Twitter. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I know, I know. I knew from the start that they were back to it because the fire was too big to ignore. Yeah. In the end, I can't change anything because I'm already so deep in within Unity's. Yeah. I was gonna say because you are a Unity so, developer. Yeah, I'm working for Unity for ten years. So. Mm -hmm. 
Are you going to switch going into 24 or are you going to stay with it now? I'd probably stay. Yeah. Learning a new engine takes time. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, indeed. I mean, that's the problem with Unity is if you are a new developer, there's so much you need to do yourself. Something simple like RPG make you just start filling out the map with grass and be happy. Yeah. Why aren't there more game engines? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? There's only a couple. You would think nowadays in 2023, we'd have way more, right? You'd think there'd be more options, but there aren't. And I've never understood that. I get that Unity on a real have an established market and they have relationships with porters so that publishers are fine with porting games that are made on those platforms all that good stuff i get that but i just don't get it like godot is one of the most recent ones and there's really nothing else around it and I, what are your thoughts on why there just aren't more i think it's best com comparable to rts games engines need like a dedicated team to enhance develop and tinker around and make sure that it's working. I was taking part in game engine design in university and I hated it. I really hated it. <laughs> I mean, if you have access to Unity, there's not, you don't really need another engine. If you know how to use Unreal Engine, then you're already set for life, I guess. They're accessible. And if something's accessible and cheap, there's no need for additional ones. I would, you know what? I would say that there is truth in that. I would also say that that's how monopolies are made. And the problem is, when you look at that from an engine standpoint, with so few engines, if something like this were to happen across the board, where they were like the two main ones, Unreal and Unity, we're just like, you know what? We're going to raise our prices and we're going to take more royalties. Yes, there would be outrage and developers would be pissed and people would be putting statements out on social. But ultimately, what else are you going to do? Are you going to make your own engine? No, you're going to stay on those platforms. You're going to be upset for two years and then you're just going to get over it and keep making games. And you're right. It's like it's easier not to worry about it and just to work on it. But I think that's how a lot of problems get like swept under the rug. Obviously, it's a process to keep up with that engine, to keep a team employed working on that engine. I just think that the fewer engines it just it creates a bottleneck for developers and indie developers specifically are already at a disadvantage in the industry and it's only going to get worse as time goes on and having more engines is one of the many things that could potentially help them and that's my theory on it because you're already fucked in terms of marketing because AAA has got way better budgets you're already fucked in terms of audience build because audiences are already built into AAA you're already fucked in terms of team size because your teams are much smaller than AAA and AAA is already buying up indie developers so it's like all these different little things the market is really starting to shift and for me that's disturbing to see again that's me going down a rabbit hole of you know of of the bad things going on in the industry. And I've heard many developers say that I'm completely wrong. And that's, you know what, that, that's completely fine that they feel that way. But that's that's my take on it. I don't know, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Personally, I'm happy that's not that many more because mm -hmm. that way people can focus on us three main engines and yeah. write guides on how to do something. Making a new, new engine is not impossible. I it was just super lazy and hated it. And you know the part, it's doable. Realistically in like half a year or mm -hmm. like one year. I mean, back in the days when there was no game engine for everyone, people simply wrote their own ones. Yep, with the games. Twenty years ago or so, yeah. <clears throat> so it's not like it's not. It's harder to get into game dev development, I would say. You mm -hmm. don't use any of those engines. Yeah, and you cut away your budget too because you're spending an extra year working on your engine, right? That's true. Yeah. So you better make that engine work for multiple games. I know you're developing all out on this game. Is there a AAA game that you like go to? Yes, that's the you're like your your stress reliever, your your quiet time game where you go and you sit down, and you play it. You're a Switch. I'm assuming from 
from what you said, you, you're a big Switch player, right? Yeah, um, recently, in the last few weeks, it's just latest Spire again, getting Ascension 20 with every character. Mm, I see, okay. All right. But it's not a it's not a AAA game. I was going to say the second Zelda game. I feel like you're a Zelda fan. Yeah, it's too big for me. Really? Okay. Yeah, I've played like 10 hours and I yeah. feel a bit overwhelmed. Those puzzles, man. Those puzzles, they'll get you. I'll tell you. I'm not a good puzzle person in games. If I see a puzzle, I'll run the other way. You know what? But with this game specifically, Murder Hotel, give me the elevator pitch. Tell me the breakdown of the core mechanics, the core story, why people should play it, what makes it exciting. The Murder Hotel is a detective game, and the, big, the cool aspect of it is that you can ask your own questions to the guests mm-hmm. with an interactive sentence split system, and that way you can solve the crime by asking the specific things in short amount of time and then you're sent to court and have to battle against a rival and make sure that your theory stands out and this proves the rival theory mm-hmm. oh, yeah, story-wise there's also something important to it the corporate is a dream demon mm-hmm. but only we know about it and we're not allowed to tell anyone mm-hmm. and that's why we have to pinpoint one of the guests as the corporate so you gotta frame them yes ah okay the dark twist I like it okay okay